Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Two thousand five, around six p.m. in a pub in Camden, North London. Blake Fielder Civil leans on the bar at the Good Mixer. He's downing whiskey and chain-smoking cigarettes. His gaze vacant. The lighting is dim. Rock music plays on the radio, and Blake seems indifferent to the music notes echoing around him. Blake Fielder Civil is in a state of depression. He's missing something. Love, perhaps. Regardless, he's drowning his sorrows in excessive drinking, alone in the dimly lit pub, as dark as the black hat firmly on his head. Every time he hears the entrance door open, he sneaks a quick glance at the person making their appearance. It's as if he's waiting for someone, someone to save him from his loneliness. The drafts make him shiver. He's wearing nothing more than a white tank top that barely covers his tattooed chest. When a certain Amy Winehouse makes her entrance into the pub and heads straight for the bar, he can't believe his eyes. Although he's used to mingling with all sorts of personalities through his job as a production assistant. He never expected to one day encounter the singer in such an informal setting. Amy Winehouse is impressive. Tall, slender, almost lanky. With a high bun and rebellious strands of hair, she heads for a table at the back of the pub. As the singer passes by the pub's counter on her way to a discreet corner of the room, she meets Blake Fielder Civil's gaze. While he knows who she is, she doesn't know him. Not yet. This doesn't stop her from feeling intrigued by his presence. He gazes at her so deeply that she's thrown off balance. With her Guinness in hand, Amy Winehouse stumbles. Her gaze dark, the heavy coal not softening her expression in the slightest. This doesn't scare Blake. On the contrary, he's drawn to the tormented, much like himself. Quickly, she invites him to share in her debauchery. The drinks flow faster than the minutes. Is a self-destructive duo about to come to life? You're listening to Love Me, Love Me Not. Amy Winehouse and Blake Fielder Civil, Episode One: Encounter at the Pub. Amy Jade Winehouse was born on September 14, 1983, in Southgate, 
a neighborhood in North London, to a Jewish family. She has an older brother, Alex. Jazz is omnipresent in the family home. Her father, Mitch Winehouse, initially a window installer and then a taxi driver, later reinvents himself as a crooner and a jazz singer. Her mother, Janice Seaton, born in Brooklyn, is a pharmacist. Surrounded by the notes of Frank Sinatra sung by her father and the cabaret songs performed by her paternal grandmother, young Amy also loves to sing day and night. Her teachers constantly reproach her for her lack of concentration, but she doesn't care. She'll become a singer. At the age of eight, Amy begins singing and tap dance lessons. Her voice, already so distinctive, is immediately recognizable among many others. As the years pass, it becomes increasingly husky, rough, but also warm. Her vocal tone resembles that of soul and jazz singers from the 50s and 60s. When you listen to her, the emotion is palpable. Until now, her childhood seems full of music, love, and promises for the future. A black mark on the slate, Amy's parents no longer get along, and the family balance suddenly unravels when Mitch and Janice separate in 1992. Amy and Alex go to live with their mother, and Amy struggles with the separation from her father. Her rebellious side solidifies, and the barely nine-year-old child throws increasingly frequent temper tantrums. She immerses herself even more in music and creates a short-lived rap group at the age of 10. Sweet and sour. She continues to train in music and theater. Amy is an emerging artist. Unfortunately, her wounds prevent her from leading a balanced life. When she's 14, Amy's expelled from the drama school. Despite her passion, her classroom absences become more frequent. And when she does show up for class, her clothing, including her nose piercing, doesn't adhere to the school's dress code. Amy feels alone. Fast forward to 2005, when Amy Winehouse crosses paths with Blake Fielder Civil. Immediately, Amy feels understood by the filmmaker. He appears as tormented and wounded as she is, and surprisingly, it reassures her. Plus, she must admit that his artistically damned appearance is not unattractive to her. At that moment, Amy Winehouse is not yet the legend she will become in the future. Nevertheless, her love for singing remains, and through one encounter after another, one project after another, Amy releases her first album in 2003, titled Frank. The project features numerous tracks with jazz influences, and the singer herself pens her own lyrics, as intimate as they are powerful. Frank achieves great success and is certified gold in England nearly a year after its release. Unfortunately, professional success is not the whole story. Amy's Winehouse personal life is far from peaceful, let alone ideal. The singer is already known for her nightly appearances, during which she's seen completely drunk, 
with a different man by her side each evening. Amy Winehouse is considered a ladette, a term that emerged in the 90s, referring to liberated London women in terms of partying and even sexuality. One might imagine that her behavior scares away some men. If you want to continue supporting us, subscribe to Bababam Plus on Apple Podcasts, uninterrupted listening, or listen to this message from our partner, without whom this podcast couldn't exist. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Surprisingly, all of this appeals to Blake. He enjoys her eccentricity and her apparent self-confidence. Amy Winehouse wears her scars openly. The filmmaker sees himself in her. Suddenly, he no longer feels alone. Amy, too, charmed, appears to see no one but him. It had been a long, long time since her heart had been touched this way. It's rare for a single person to have her complete attention. It's also rare for Blake to have someone by his side to indulge in all sorts of addictions. When they party, which is quite often, they're both stumbling now. With alcohol-soaked breath and the lingering scent of tobacco or marijuana, they awkwardly kiss in front of the small neighborhood pub where they first met. Amy sways and Blake tries to hold her up as best he can as she sometimes overindulges. When his hands wrap around her slender waist, he knows she's the one. For Amy too, the deal is sealed. She's finally found the man of her life. A month after their encounter, Amy already has a new lover's name tattooed above her left breast, Blake. He too seems to be crazy about her. They are inseparable. They feel made for each other, spending their evenings having fun, laughing, dancing, and always swaying to the same beat. There is, however, a dissonance in this joyful melody. When he met Amy, Blake already had a girlfriend. Even though Amy knew from the beginning that she was just his mistress, she struggles with the situation as her attachment to Blake grows. Their excessive alcohol consumption doesn't help them have constructive conversations. As soon as the intoxication fades, tongues wag, voices rise, and Amy reproaches Blake for not being able to make a choice. When Blake eventually breaks up with his girlfriend after a few weeks, things don't improve. The excess and conflicts persist, but Amy remains. In his book, Amy, My Daughter, Mitch Winehouse writes, For Amy, who never did anything halfway, Blake became a true obsession. Unfortunately, Amy's obsession with Blake didn't replace her growing addiction to alcohol. Amy never managed to handle her stage fright. Self-esteem issues emerged during her adolescence. As her father recounts in his manuscript, like some artists, she sometimes needed a little pick-me-up before a concert. Soon, he realized that it was more than just a pick-me-up, 
but rather a problem with alcoholism. He testifies, still in his book, during the summer of 2004, as Amy was beginning to taste success, her alcohol addiction began to worry me. Her life seemed to revolve around drinking, but I didn't know the full extent of it. One day, she had drunk so much that she fell, hit her head, and ended up in the hospital. Needless to say, her meeting with Blake in 2005, a young man with similar demons, didn't improve matters at all. The duo of Amy Winehouse and Blake Fielder Civil resembles the meeting of two lost souls who finally come together, never to feel isolated again. Unfortunately, their duo increasingly turns into a trio. They share their daily lives with alcohol. Will these excesses continue? Or, on the contrary, will Amy and Blake team up to sober up together? Thank you for listening to Love Me, Love Me Not, a Bababam production. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave comments and stars on all your listening platforms. <laughs>